Welcome back to Rude Dude. I am your host, Any Lokes, the Lobster Lob the Builder, with my buddy, my pal, my guy, Cameron the Cree Davis. What's going on, Cam? Good morning. Hey, thanks, man. Um, let's set the scene real quick, even though we literally just went over this before we started this podcast. Um, it is currently, um, what, 6.52 a.m. Pacific Ayo. Standard Time. <laughs> So nine fifty two um, in uh, God's country. So we are um, throwing a little bit of a curveball, man. I'm out here in the Hobbit shed. I still have my robe on with no shorts. It's not flaming hot. <laughs> nope, nope. It's actually raining out here, bro. Um, Dude, let's I, start this episode off stroking ourselves. Okay. You know, we haven't talked about the weather for like four episodes. Well, I know because like I think Kristen like got into your ass about it or something. Like I, I enjoy talking about the yeah, weather. I'm like she, a, I'm like an 80 year old man. She gave me like three lashings the last time we it, did it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, it's raining out here, and it's like going to be like a high of like 76. It's fantastic. It's but I'm out here in my slippers, my slippers, my robe, in the Hobbit shed, bro. I'm I'm doing good, dude. Um, how are you doing, bro? I'm great. I've already had an adventure. Went and picked up uh, Brandon, grabbed some breakfast sandwiches from uh, good old-fashioned Mountaineer Roasting Co., and they were freaking delicious, and I got Mia on my lap. Life is good, dude. Dude, living the dream, dude. Breakfast sandwiches, I had to, like, deep-throat a banana and, like, some fig bars. <laughs> that, was my, that was my breakfast this morning, bro. You could have maybe just, like, ate it regular, you know? Did you think about that? Or did well, you no, dude, have cause... to take it all in one? All at once, dude. It's like it's like you know, just just got to get it in there quick, dude. That's my motto. <laughs> no chewing. You just swallow it. Yeah, dude. I just take it down, dude. Just one big gulp. <laughs> how many? <laughs> how many caffeinated bubbly waters deep are we right now? Well, dude. Technically, man, my eyes are starting to vibrate a little bit because I like <laughs> I wake up, I wake up, and I have like one of those like V eight energy drinks. You ever seen like those V eight juice oh, energy yeah. drinks, right? Yeah, so that's like my that's like my jam, bro. Like that's I'll weird. like wake up. <clears throat> yeah, I know I'm weird, bro. Um, <laughs> so I had one of those. That's like 80 milligrams of caffeine, and then I had two more bubblies, which is like, which is like 35 milligrams, and then I have my third one right now, which is like another 35 milligrams of caffeine. So probably about one rain um, that you like, you know, throw down every day. But yeah. but I'm 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 waking up, bro. But I start with coffee, like a civilized adult. Dude, this is where I'm going to be completely honest and people are going to judge me and it makes Uh-oh. no sense. Don't say it. No, 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 no. Don't you fucking say this it. Is, this is where like my anxiety doesn't make any sense, right? And it makes me feel like an absolute clown. Um, back when like the pandemic dropped, right? Um, I was really anxious, right? Which is, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Um, I, I, I was like, fuck dude. So I, I, I was like, I'm not going to drink a lot of caffeine. So I stopped drinking coffee at that time. Um, and I just haven't had coffee since. Um, I haven't had a cup of coffee in, in three years. 
Um, I still, wild, I still drink bro. caffeine. I still drink caffeine like crazy, right? Like I, I thought eat, you were going to say you didn't like coffee and then we were going to, we were going to fight. No, dude. No, no. I just, I haven't had a cup of coffee in three years, bro. Um, and, and my logic makes no sense because I, I ingest enough caffeine to fucking kill like, you know, 10 people over 12 times. So, um, maybe I'll make a pot of coffee tomorrow, bro. All right. Well, we've got a very special guest today. We, uh, we've talked about him a few times. Uh, he works over at Lauren's Wish. He's a big part of my we, as we've discussed. Um, somebody that I call in moments of peril or, you know, maybe just go to the gym or whatever. We got my buddy Brandon here. What's going on, Brandon? How's it going, Henry? Oh, living the dream. Uh, you never call me Henry. That sounds weird to hear like that. Yeah, it was a little bit different. <laughs> uh, trying to be politically correct. Hello, Henry. <laughs> Hello, Hen. How are you? <laughs> Hello, fellow criminals. I'll have two <laughs> marijuanas, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a wire on, but uh, I am in my underwear. Yeah, he's in my house in his underwear. Is that part weird? Dude, that makes two of us, bro. I'm sitting out here, like I said, in my boxers and slippers and a robe, dude. We're fucking partying today over here. Oh, yeah. rude, dude. Didn't want to leave you hanging by yourself. I appreciate it, brother. Well, hey, I, so, I appreciate... Go ahead, dude. Well, I... So I met Brandon at Jacob's Ladder. I was there on a... Uh, on a little tune-up, it was a return visit, so it was not my first time there. Um, and Brandon was there, and uh, I wouldn't say that I, I didn't dislike him, <laughs> but he was quite uh, the personality, maybe a little full of himself, maybe a little egotistical, maybe a little uh, felt like he, he knew everything. And, um, you know, none of that's changed, but... Uh, no, <laughs> I was gonna say it sounds like you're talking about yourself too, though. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why it's hard to look in a mirror. You know what I mean? Um, no, but he's definitely toned that way back. Found a little more humility, um, and uh, still the same person, but uh, you know, an improved version. And actually, um, I've talked about you know when I was going through my breakup and then I, I used over it and I, I was in a relapse for a couple months and I never really got to feel it. Well, when I went up to Jacob's ladder was when I really started to feel it. And, uh, I don't want to say Brandon helped me through it, but I guess he did. We, uh, one day we went down to the glass workshop, the little art studio, and we were doing some art and he put on some sad ass like playlist in there. And I'm like, bro, I cannot fucking listen to this shit. He's like, just feel it, brother. I'm like, dude, turn this shit the fuck off now. No, you got to do it. You got to go through it, bro. Yeah, you weren't the happiest camper. Dude, what a what a godsend, bro. And see and see those are the people that we need in our lives in that time, right? Like like see like he may have been doing that like Brandon, I don't know what your motives were. Like they probably were to you know help him get through it but or it could have just been like you know some levity right like hey get through it man we're gonna be fine but but what it did dude is it 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 actually did kind of force you to get through it right and you guys did it in solidarity and i think that's the coolest shit ever bro 
Like, <clears throat> and then lo and behold, you know, you sit here and you're thinking like from what you're telling me, you'd be like, hey, look, this guy thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You guys probably bonded over that. And now look at you guys, you guys have a great friendship. And I think that's fantastic, dude. That's a cool little story. I, I follow Jacob's Ladder now because of, because of you guys on Facebook. And that little glass shop um, brings me back to Del Campo when I, I worked in like the glass shop class where I just got stoned and made like fucking little glass mushrooms. But it looks like a blast out there, bro. It's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, I spent most of my time down there. It was very meditative and uh, convinced him to try to make something. And he made the little, what, address yeah. uh, placard for your house. Yeah. I can't really speak on what my motives were because uh, my intentions are sometimes blurred to where I like to make people feel uncomfortable. I get a certain flex out of it, but uh, I'm <laughs> glad I did it because I needed to go through it myself too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like making people feel uncomfortable. That that makes me nervous, dude. I'm sitting here across the nation, and I'm like, shit. What the <laughs> fuck is this guy going to talk to me about? Yeah, I <laughs> I I'm sitting here thinking about it as we're talking about it, and like his motives could have been anywhere, but I feel like in the long run, it was it was coming from a good place. It was like you got to fucking feel it, or you'll never, you know, you'll never get there. So, anyway, why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, what had you up on this mountain talking to this <laughs> black dude? Randall Brown is a, is a mutual friend of ours. He loves to tell people, if you up here on this mountain talking to me, you done fucked up. Life ain't going so good for you. <laughs> well, it's not because I was winning at life or able to successfully drink or use drugs in any way, shape, or form. Uh... I did real estate appraisal for a long time, but before that, when I was in school, had a couple things happen that I never processed properly, and uh, let's just say the state of West Virginia has me down for four DUIs, but I've got a couple more than that because I got them back to back. Yeah, yeah, I lost my license for 10 years, and I'm just a couple weeks of getting them back, or a couple weeks away from getting them back, and uh Jail a couple times. Uh, the list of what I haven't done is shorter than what I have done as far as drugs go. And I don't know. I was a quote-unquote functioning addict who bought a house, had a job, had a career, friends. Everyone wanted to be around me because I had money and shared my shared my stuff. And uh, in 2020, I finally graduated from, you know, small-time DUIs and possession charges to some big boy offenses to where I had to go to big boy court to face and was looking at some serious jail time and decided that it was time to ask for help for the first time at 32 years old. Dude, that's a, that's wild. Four DUIs? Yeah. Um, whenever I was 17, I got two. And since okay. I was underage, they kind of wrapped them all into one. And then in my adult years, I had four more on top of that. I'm pretty sure the like final tally is eight DUIs and seven driving on suspendeds revoked for DUI. I just don't like to yeah. learn I'm above the law type thing. You know what, man? That's something I can relate to um, <clears throat> where I, I remember I'd, I'd, get, I'd get the DUI and then like, dude, that, that never stopped me from driving. Like, like at all, yeah. right? Like, 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 oh, okay, well, hey, I'll just, I'll just drive around. And I think it's because like my DUIs, like I never got pulled over for, um, 
for driving like an ass clown, right? Like my first one, I was my registration was out for like two days, and then my second one, I I mean I was like pretty much dead in the parking lot, but um, <laughs> you know like 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 it wasn't because I was driving like a clown, right? So I was like, hey, I got this driving thing under wraps, like I'm not tripping on it, um, and I think my lucky stars. Yeah, all the time, dude. Because I, 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 I deserve about seventeen hundred um, DUIs and never, ha, 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 and never having a driver's license ever again, bro. So Fine. you're in, you're a recovering alcoholic, Brandon. I'm a recovering everything. Um, I went from okay. alcohol to substances because when you're driving, you can smell alcohol on your breath immediately, but you cannot test immediately for Xanax and pain pills. So as you were dead in a parking lot, I uh, parked on the <laughs> sidewalk of a bridge in the middle of Fairmont and got arrested at five o'clock in the morning. That was a really peak in my life. <laughs> um, okay. it's, it's funny that I was talking shit about him a little bit ago, and he's like, uh, sounds like you're describing yourself, and, and what I alluded to, and what I think is so true is, um, it is hard to look in a mirror, and I've told my daughter this a lot, like, people, when people are jealous of you or, or don't like you, it's usually one of two things. They either see qualities in you that they don't like about themselves, or they see something that you have that they want. And so it's funny he kind of made that joke, even though I know he was serious as well. But, you know, talking when he talks about like being above the law, I had the same kind of attitude. Um, I was kind of raised like the rules don't apply to you. Um, I think our I think our fathers are very similar in, in that regard. Um, and that and, and I think it's a it it can be an okay attitude but it's also sometimes for some situation but it's also an attitude that i think got me in a lot of trouble because i'm like oh the fucking rules don't apply to me i can do whatever i want oh and my daddy knows the magistrates and judges and i'm calling them on speed dial as i'm getting the the red and blue lights behind me to get arraigned and never go to jail uh yeah, it's real easy to feel above the law until you tell the cop, don't you know who my fucking father is? And they're like, we don't care today. And they make you sit in jail for a while. Yeah, Brandon's that guy from the movies. You know who my dad is? I'll have your head on the wall. <laughs> dude, I was just about to say so. So so hang on, dude. So your dad had connections? What, what oh, did yeah. you, what did you, What'd your dad do? Uh... Well, my father has been uh, in real estate since the early 70s, but uh, being in a small town, he went to school with a lot of the public figures that were important, and when I started doing real estate, I got to meet them, and my brother passed away in 05, and I kind of used that as a a, uh, a crutch or an excuse or a means to do whatever the fuck it is I want because it was all oh, poor Brandon. He's going through some shit right now. So I just played that card out until, you know, uh, they finally were like, if we let you out again, you're either going to kill yourself or kill somebody. Or, And uh, yeah. yeah, they made me sit for a while because they finally had enough of my bullshit. You have to realize that the whole state of West Virginia is a small town. I just looked it up. The population of West Virginia is, the whole state is 1.7 million. Yeah, dude. See that? That's where that's where I'm sitting here trying to put two and two together because it's just like it's a different, it's a different, um, it's a different place. Like, like that doesn't that doesn't really fly out here unless you're fucking like Nancy Pelosi, right? And like yeah. I think they finally got I think they finally got over that out here. But um, 
that small town vibe. So, so it sounds like, dude, that that was actually like a detriment to you, though, right? Like, because oh, yeah. it just, it just, it just enabled the same fucky behavior, right? Like, hey, uh, I can do whatever I want because I know Sheriff Sheriff John Saucer, and and I'll just tell him that my dad's gonna call and and everything will be fine, right? Um, well, it wasn't as you much know, that, as the cops as it was the judges. Just like yeah, go that, right to the source of where the the punishment's really gonna be. Look at that, dude. Henry's sitting next to a guy who has the DA in his pocket, dude. You, you can go out there and fucking light the state on fire, bro. Let's go. <laughs> well, I think he wore out that welcome, though. At, after a certain point, they're just like, yeah, fuck you. Pretty much. <laughs> um, right, right. So you alluded a little bit to your brother. You want to tell us a little bit about that experience? Yeah, yeah. Uh... My brother's name is Dustin. He passed away June 26, 2005. His birthday was June 21st. Um, He actually, uh, me and him were real close growing up. And then, of course, when you get to about high school, you're the little bitch brother. You ain't riding with me. You're taking the bus. I ain't taking your ass to school. You're not hanging out with my friends. And you're not going to follow my footsteps. And... Eventually, we got closer. We reconnected because he found out little brother could find some good cocaine. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we, we started hanging out again. And we also worked together at my dad's company doing the appraisal thing. And uh, he had a daughter. Her name is Emma. She's up here in Morgantown going to school now. And uh, towards his final days, he... Uh, we both were smoking a bunch of crack and doing some stuff we shouldn't have been doing, and he was supposed to go to treatment um, that morning to finally get some help. And he called me uh, that night. He stayed at my dad's house and asked me if I had anything, and I did, but I was like, you're going to treatment in the morning. You don't need to tie one on. And he went out that night. Him and my dad got into a fight because he was leaving, and... I went to sleep. My dad woke me up at about 5, 6 o'clock in the morning telling me that Dustin had been in a car accident. I was like, well, let's go to the hospital and see him. And he told me, no, we can't. He didn't make it. I fell back to sleep. I uh, woke up the next time, uh, like, bawling my eyes out, thinking it was just a really, really terrible dream until I walked downstairs and my family was there. And it's like you see in a movie when uh, the elephant walks into the room, everyone gets real silent and quiet and just looks at you coming down the steps. And I was like, oh, fuck this. So went and got really, really high. And that's the way I stayed for preceding years after that. So so he died in the car accident, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. He was killed on impact. Um, man, dude, like there's a lot in that. Uh, first off, I'm sorry to hear that. Um. And then second off, dude, there's a lot in that that I can kind of relate to. Like, it's weird when you uh, <clears throat> when you think about how you would treat, like, your younger brother, right? Like, you grow up kind of like his best friends, or at least that's how I was with my younger brother. We're about three and a half years apart. Um, and then you, you get that stage of, hey... I'm I'm cooler than you now, right? Hmm. Right. <laughs> um and, and 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 I remember like 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 I just I, I didn't want him around, right? And and it, and it and it I feel like a fucking asshole for it. Um but but I had a similar thing happen, right? Where like once we got older, then we started partying together and you know, I love my brother to death and then, you know, thank God, um I haven't had to deal with what you've had to deal with, right? Because dude, that I don't know how you handle that, right? 
like um and i and it makes a bunch of sense that the the first thing you would do to try to deal with that would be hey i'm i'm just going to go i'm going to go use this away because um i don't want to i don't want to accept this right the only and coping it, method we know yeah i can tell that, you how that's not it. to handle it <laughs> yeah now now i i have a question for you um in this regard um have you come to terms with that to this day or is it something that still bothers you just because I'm, I'm i'm just i'm just curious because i people who lose uh, family members or siblings or things like that i i want to know does that like does that get easier over time or does it does it just kind of still always sit there like in the back of your mind um i mean it's gotten a lot easier like it's kind of like they say in the rooms like it doesn't get easier but it gets better like i don't really agree with that because everything gets better and easier over time. Um, but no, when I was in treatment, I, I worked through that. Uh, you know, my family was never one to really talk about our emotions or how we feel. It was, you don't quit something, you start, rub some dirt on it, bury that down, get up and do what you got to do because you're a man. And uh, yeah, I took that to a different level to where I was handling my shit and never properly processed it. But today it's, uh, I don't know, I've had some friends that they have lost their siblings and as much as I hate going to funerals like I, I do for them because I know that pain and like to show them like, hey, you know, it's always going to hurt, but, you know, I, I focus on, you know, the good times we did have because I can remember sitting in the bars afterwards and everyone's like, I can't believe your brother's dead. Like every single night, the same person over and over and over. Like I would drink myself just to feel it. And, uh, yeah, like I had to get away from that and start looking at the good times we did have. Like the last time we got into a fight, like I picked him up and body slammed him, but then big brother <laughs> strength kicked in and he beat the shit out of me. Um, the good old times. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, Those are the good remembering times. the good stuff. You know, I just had a funny realization as I'm sitting here listening to this. So we were all raised by the pick yourself up by your bootstraps and figure it out, and and we're yep. all fucking addicts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> don't have any emotions. Don't talk about your feelings. <laughs> fucking yeah. pack that shit in. Figure it the fuck out. So anyway, I'll see you when you get back from rehab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See how hey, that I think you're worked on, out. I think you're on to something here, dude, Hoss. That, that, dude. So let I me ask you, you guys are, something. Dude. Were you told never to quit? Like quit wasn't in your vocabulary. If you started uh, with a team or committed to something, you had to see it through. Whether you were four foot seven and seventy five pounds and playing on the high school varsity football team and you broke your leg, you were still showing up to practice, right? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. That's how yep. I was raised. You, you finish what you started, and you never quit on you. You never quit on your team. Now, see, I was smart enough to not try it out for football because I was four seven fucking seventy five pounds, um, but and I still am to this day. Me too. But but but, but um, yeah, I was raised the same way. Like you know, hey, I, I don't feel like going to practice, you know, but you always stand up, stand with, stay with your team. You're gonna show up, and you're gonna you're gonna see it through. Um, and, and I think that's a good thing, right? right. Like, I, I think, mm -hmm. I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. Um, but there is something to that, like you said, Hen, like, like never fully processing, right? Like you just be a, be a, like Brandon, you said, I think it's great. Like, be a man, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you just gotta, you just gotta, you know, it's like the fucking Mulan song. Like 
you know, like be a man. Like you gotta like <laughs> fucking just tough it out, dude. And and there's a place for it, but it doesn't need to be twenty four seven, three sixty five, in my opinion. Like there's a time where we gotta sit back and 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 try to process that type of shit, um, or we do what we do, and we end up sitting here um, on a podcast talking about how our lives were so fucked up. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 you know, like it's it, it's crazy to me, dude. Um, there was something else I was going to say, but now I, now I completely forgot about it because Henry brought up such a good goddamn point. Um, well, so I, I, I came back one second hen. when okay. it came back, I think the beauty of one thing that you said, Brandon, and then I'll, and then I'll stop hen, is you are doing exactly what you're supposed to do in that, in that scenario. And what I mean by that is the experience that you went through with your brother passing away and then you eventually dealing with it healthily um, gives you these tools that a lot of people um, can kind of neglect, right? Like it gives you insight into what that experience is um, and it gives you the empathy for other people who are going through it. And I think that's the most important thing and I think it's a responsibility that us as humans share and I think that's why recovery works, Right, because when you sit back um, with somebody across you from you on a t- at a table and and they're an addict or an alcoholic, like I can look you in the eyes and say, "Hey, I know what you're going through, and I'm here to show you that you can come out on the other side." And and that goes for almost every aspect or experience in life. You know what I mean? Like now, Brandon, you get to do that. If somebody loses a sibling, you get to sit there, you get to look them in the eyes, and be like, "I know it hurts, and I know it sucks, and it never goes away." But it's okay, right? Because I've been right. there. Does that make sense, dude? So, 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 from tragedy does come a gift, in my opinion. Is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's uh, something. I mean, it's kind of like what the program's based around is we have more in common than we do. You know, we're more alike than what you want to realize. Instead of looking at all the differences, all the feelings and experiences, whether how polar opposites they are, like that feeling that you're going through is the same as what someone else either is going through currently or has made it through. Shall we share that experience to help them? I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. Like, like, and that's just my opinion. I'm passionate about it. Um, I think, I think it's a beautiful thing because it gives us a chance to go out and actually, and actually help. Right. Like I, I think, I think there's, there's nothing better than that. So, Go ahead, Hen. Sorry, dude. I'm 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 all I'm all I'm all bubbly caffeinated, no, you're, up, dude. I'm you're, starting to wake you're good. up. Good, I like it. I know, and I, that's a great point. Is like it's it sounds almost like a contradiction, but our stories are all completely different, but they're the same. You know what I mean? The details are different, but you know the path is is the same. And one thing that uh, my first sponsor was really good at is. You know, I'd call him up and I'd say, I'm having this problem with this or that. And he'd say, well, I don't have much experience with that, but I know someone who does. And that's kind of what you were talking about with Brandon. You know, if we had somebody who lost a sibling or lost someone, you know, and, and I, you know, they called me to talk about it, then I would, I could be like, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with that. I don't know exactly what you're feeling, but I could send them to Brandon um, so that he, you know, because he, he has more experience with that. Um, but I was going to say, so, uh, what age was that? And then, and then what age, when was it that you went to the ladder and what was the time like in between there? Um, so I was just turned 18. I graduated in 05 and the last good time. Oh, you had a run run. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, then, two years before that, yeah, two years before that, uh, my best friend was pretty much murdered at an underage drinking party. So I already knew what made that pain go away. So as soon as my brother passed, like I doubled down. Um, but it was a month after my graduation and five days after his birthday. And yeah, that was at 18 years old. And then I finally went to treatment in 2020. So I was 34 and I always said I was either going to get clean or die by the time I was 30. And it wasn't for lack of effort. Um, (laughs) I had the means and I had the connects, but it didn't happen. Uh, so there's a reason I'm still here, but it was a shit show. Um, <laughs> completely uh, played that card out as far as uh, with the compassion and pity from the courts and my dad and stealing and lying from my family. Uh, but it kind of takes me back to what I said about not being uh, brought up to quit because I transferred that loyalty from like teammates from the sports that I played to my fellow active addiction friends because if I wasn't there to sell them dope or to make sure they weren't sick, like they needed me. Um, <laughs> you know, like I wasn't going to quit on them. That's that convoluted fucking justification that I'm needed by somebody. You know, I had like three different masks on at all time my professional life, my personal life, and then this other person that I still don't know what the fuck he did other than just maintained uh, some semblance of normalcy. But, uh, no, it it got really bad. Um, Did a little bit of jail time, went through drug court. I've been on uh, paper, basically, since I was 18 years old, on and off. And, uh, yeah, I've not had my license. Well, my license has been suspended or revoked longer than I've been allowed to have them, pretty much. I think I've legally had them maybe five years since I was 16 years old. But that didn't stop me because I was always working. I had a justification of why I was driving officer. And if you would just leave me the fuck alone, I wasn't hurting anybody. Everything would be just fine. And don't you know who I am? (laughs) And uh, yeah, just above the law because I'm so smart. Which uh, finally caught up to me in 2020 when I started catching big boy charges. So for those of us, for those of you listening that aren't uh, criminals or from West Virginia, been on paper means on probation. Um, And another interesting point that I'd like to point out is that West Virginians refer to their license as a plural. I don't know why. So uh, you hear how he says them. I haven't had them. They all do that. It's a very interesting thing. But... um, Why why don't you come on over here, buddy, and we're going to go talk about that. It's the here thing, too, you hate. I, I I don't I don't understand why 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 do we call them licenses? What, help Did me I say that, licenses? Brandon. No, but you said them. I haven't had them. Oh yeah, they're plural. The beginning, it's, you know. Yeah, it's twenty twenty three. That's okay. one of those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they them. Okay. Yeah. I haven't it's, had them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, sometimes I identify as a she and an it because I am in fact the shit. So don't okay. judge me. Okay. I'm not judging you. I just I was just trying to get some insight. I, I think it's fine. Um, um, thank you, Cameron. I appreciate the the mode of support there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so think, uh, let's talk about some of the ways that you were supporting your habit. Um, so one. I would find ways basically early on. Like I would. Uh, I'm I'm pretty smart, 
but I'm really fucking stupid. So I would learn numbers. First, it started off with credit cards that my father would let me use real quick to order, you know, whatever. And I would memorize the number. And then it was on like Donkey Kong until he got the charge card account and had to get a new card. Then it graduated to um, checks that I would take from the top stack from the company and use a typewriter and then find the rubber stamp or get real good at writing out his signature because he printed all of his checks. And since I couldn't get into his computer, I'd use a typewriter, you know, a hundred bucks, four or five times a day, take it to Walmart, get it cashed or to the bank and just acting like I'm top shit. And, uh, that blew up on me. So the next time I tried, I was like, you know, fuck taking them from the top of this stack. I'll take them from the bottom and I'll have a lot more time in between before he realizes some checks are gone. Um, yeah. And then I would make sure I was at the mailbox once a month to grab the statement out of it. So it would buy me a little bit more time because I was owed money from commission. And when I got that check, I would just deposit it. And then put the deposit slip at the bottom of that stack of checks missing. No harm, no foul, because <laughs> that's just who the fuck I am. And, uh, yeah, just, <laughs> you know, finding a, in, any means and ways to where he locked his office up one day. And I brought some tools from home and popped the trim off around the door. <laughs> opened up the fucking uh, the door. And uh, when I was done in his office, you know, I brought paint and silicone and I fucking doctored it all back up to where... Oh, dude, the dedication. Yeah, man, like, when you're going fucking through it, like, when I was going fucking through it, like, any anything I had to do, and... Uh, Speaking of tools, some tools helped to get you high, too, didn't they, in another way? Uh, what are you referring to? <laughs> Buying tools from Ace? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So when everything would get, uh, you know, like, blown up and I'd have to sit around and think of a new way to get money to get my dope, uh, we had a charge account at Ace Hardware, and I was like, well, you know, the pawn shop's open. I'm going to go to Ace, and I'll charge it, and then I'll go to the pawn shop and pawn it, and then when I get paid Friday or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, I would go cash my check and go get it back from the pawn shop and then return it to Ace. And that went on for a while until um, I had bought like six of everything from Ace Hardware and probably owed the pawn shop close to about $6,000. And the owner of Ace Hardware ordered a bunch of new tools uh, and then saw the account that was purchasing all these tools and uh, called my dad. And well, before that, like I got a bunch of the tools back and returned them. And now the owner has a surplus of drills that he doesn't fucking need. <laughs> so he called my dad <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just bad. Uh, Why do we have 24 Milwaukee drills? We haven't sold 24 <laughs> Milwaukee drills in six years. Yeah, and this was over a period of like four months. Um, Ways and means. Three and four times a day to where the cashier that was working almost got fired. And I went in one day, like, I had already paid everything off, brought everything back, got it from the pawn shop. And I went in one day, I was moving back home because... I was living with my girlfriend at the time when I relapsed and started stealing shit from her too and gaslighting the fuck out of her. 
But uh, I walked into the store and the cashier saw me and immediately called the cops. And I was there with cash to buy stuff to fix a gas line. And uh, she was nervous as shit and mad at me because I almost got her fired. And uh, yeah, the cops showed up and I walked by him walking down the aisle carrying a thing, a roof sealer to uh, go check out with like $400 worth of gas fittings and said, hi, officer. Kept on walking and a couple seconds later, I hear, hey, you stop. I was like, this motherfucker ain't talking to me. Keep on walking. And as I look Doesn't back, you know who my daddy is. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I keep walking and he's like, you stop. And I turned back and look at him. And uh, it was Trooper Sh uh, Trooper Short was his name. He's this kind of burly guy. And when I looked at him, he was like, yeah, you. And I, like, point to my chest like, me? Like, fuck you want with me, dude? And he walks up to me and chicken wings me and starts running my pockets. He throws my wad of money on the ground and then my phone. And then he pulls out this piece of foil that's, like, wrapped up like an envelope. And he's like, what's that? And I was like, oh, you ain't going to like that. And uh, I told him it was opium which it was heroin, pretty close to the same thing, but it was a good uh, good out. And then it tested positive for crack cocaine, so I was like, yeah, I'll take that charge. Sure, why not? Went to jail for six hours and uh, was bonded out. And uh, yeah, it was fun time. So I, I don't go to Ace Hardware to charge anything anymore. And I'm, I'm banned from the pawn shop. <laughs> so we, we talk about this stuff and, and we laugh about it. We laugh about it now, but... Um, I think it's important because we we do have a lot of quote unquote normie listeners, and uh, there, you know, our desire to use and get high knows no bounds. Like we stopped at nothing to we we compromise all our morals any anything that we have now that we adhere to just went straight out the window when it was time to get high and we wanted to get high um i know i can relate i'm sure you can relate too but it's 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 interesting and i ask him to tell these stories because um you know for people that don't understand addiction or never experienced it personally like it's hard to describe there nothing means anything like anything you care about anything you thought was a value that you held can just go straight out the window you you know what i'm talking about cameron yeah dude um i appreciate you sharing those stories um brandon those are those are funny yeah. and some of those really hit uh kind of close to home right and henry you made a fucking um a great point right like there are there are no limits at all to anything nothing is off limits um and and it's weird how you can how that can happen right like i i was sitting here while you were telling that story brandon like i was sitting here thinking like fuck what are all the other things that i've pawned off right <laughs> and and i'm sitting here and i'm like fuck dude i i pawned off a lot of shit right <clears throat> um shit that wasn't mine right and and it's, <laughs> i had grandpa's no, I shotgun had, <laughs> i yeah like, like i had i had no i had no right like doing any of that like and i'm sitting here envisioning you know my my skinny emaciated you know bags under my eyes self like you know jumping through my parents window to try to fucking find some shit right like i <laughs> i won't get into too much detail but um you know Dude, it I makes you feel it makes you feel yucky right three times a week to go to uh crossroads and sell clothes to buy coke 
<laughs> Dude, I'm I'm telling you, bro. Like like every video coke game from uh, selling old clothes. <laughs> That's where the Burberry shirts went, bro. Yeah. There we go. It all makes sense. Word, but. But but yeah, dude, and 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 it and I think that's why it makes it so hard to initially get sober, bro. Right? Because like you feel like you've you've just you're just this huge piece of shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like like yeah. nobody nobody's gonna care about me. You don't know the things that I've done. All those morals have gone out the window. I've 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 embezzled money from my father. I've I've pawned you know my grandmother's rings. I've 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 you know I've lied, stealed, cheated. To everybody I know, like like there there's nothing more for me, um, and it, and it's not true. So so I'm glad that you brought that up, Hen, because um, you know to normies they can sit and be like, dude, how the like what? Like this is crazy shit, right? Like that's like a Dateline episode. Like you're over there fucking going to fucking you know Ace, and you got this whole huge system. Well well, dude, like that's not even the craziest story I've ever heard for some insight for the normies, right? right. Like 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 like, like dude like. <laughs> yeah, they get worse and sometimes they're not as bad and sometimes they're a little bit better and and it's 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 a common theme. So yeah, dude. That's crazy though. I can I, I, I love your thinking on that, bro. Like great minds think alike. Like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna start taking the checks from the bottom. This motherfucker yeah. will never figure it out, right? <laughs> <laughs> it gives me time. Like 007 Creerin that, that uh, <laughs> has the wrong address on his ID. Still You'll to this day, dude, I'm never changing. That's not even never. my real address. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, you reminded me when you were just talking of a great phrase that I heard before. We're not bad people trying to get good. We're good people trying to get better. Right. Um, Love that, dude. Never and, heard it. Love it. Yeah. And I, and I think that <laughs> you, you made it also a really great point of like, it's really hard. The, the concept of self-love is really hard for us because we've done all these things and yeah, like you said, like I'm a piece of shit. No one cares about me, nor should anyone care about me because I'm a total piece of shit. Um, because I did this exercise in a rehab that I was in where they had us write down all our morals and values. And then they were like, how many of those have you broken in your addiction? And it was like every single fucking one. Ooh, like if right. you if you based who I am off of what I've done in addiction, it's not who I am at all. Like I have none of these morals and values. Um, but that's, you know, they talk about, we, other people love us until we figure out how to love ourselves. That's what this program is about. And, and you do, it takes people being like, Hey, you know, you're not a bad person trying to get good. You're a good person trying to get better. And it's also very interesting in recovery because that person that Brandon was describing that he was, I don't know that person. I know the person that I know now, um, who would never consider any of that kind of shit and is just a an upstanding member of society and now is like giving back to other people in the program um and i think before we get to uh the hope and the what it's like today um we got to talk about you know uh, the moped and the drone that was a good one uh <laughs> The moped and the drone? What the fuck? Dude, dude, I'm salivating over here, bro. <laughs> you like that. So, as I've said, I am, I am above the law and smarter the than the law. Smartest man in the world. Yeah, I'm the smartest person on this podcast right now. <laughs> and uh, so I needed to find a way to get around 
without getting pulled over because the cops and the judge told me that if they caught me driving one more time without a license, like I'm fucking hit. And uh, in 2020, January 29th, I was arrested for uh, another embezzling charge, basically for a local organization that has to do with veterans. Not my proudest moment, um, but during that time, I looked up the law for the under 50 CC law for a moped or motorcycle and was informed that you don't need a driver's license for it. So I was like, well, fuck yeah. So I get on the internet and I order this wicked ass. It's called Dong Fang Ling Q Motor Company 49.4cc <laughs> moped that looks like a crotch rocket. It looks does. fast as fuck, yeah, but it it's not. Like you can catch me on Grandma's Rascal. <laughs> um, so I, I got it legal and I was driving it around to work. My, my house and work were on the same street. And... Um, I printed the law out and kept it in my backpack because if I ever got pulled over, I was going to be like, Trump card, here's my ace in the hole. I'm allowed to do this because I'm smarter than you. Um, going along with this, I, I bought a drone for my appraisal work because I was doing a bunch of large tracts of land and right-of-way work for water, sewer, and electric lines, utilities, and stuff. And uh, it was a lot easier just to sit on the side of the road and send my drone up and down these hills instead of having to fucking walk through the woods. And uh, plus I was normally sick or I'd get real hot or real cold when I was on heroin and just not feeling good. So anything to make life easier. Um, so during this time, uh, I found out that instead of risking getting pulled over with my dope, like I could just fly my dope from home to work or from work to home. So if I ever did get pulled over, I could still get high when I got home because this this drone was so awesome. All I had to do was press a button and it would go basically land on my roof and wait for me and no one could get to it because, you know, the, I'm smart. Um, you know, so in, in the meantime, I also was like, hey, why it's flying, follow me down the road. I can see if there's any cops sitting ahead of me. So... Uh, I would make sure before I would leave work, I'd take the drone up in the air and see if there's any cops parked on the road. And if there wasn't, cool. If there was, I would wait or I would go another way. Um, that was in like the July of 2020. And it ended up some people got in trouble and I was under an investigation where people had said that I was using said drone to allegedly sell drugs to people. And uh, although it had been talked about, I never actually enacted that because, one, I'm not going to put a $2,000 drone in someone's hands and hope they give me $20 <laughs> and not steal my fucking drone. Right, it's, right. it's not a good business decision. <laughs> so uh, on August 8th or 9th or something like that, uh, I was on my way to go pick up a pizza and I had my drone in my backpack and I just so happened to have a little bit of dope that I had left under the battery inside the drone. And I got pulled over by a cop that had been watching me, another state trooper. And when he pulled me over at the gas station, I got right in my backpack when he got up to me. He said, license and registration. I said, well, I don't have them, but I do have this. And uh, there's a whole newspaper article with all this in it. It's fucking awesome. Not really. But uh, told him that I, I believed I could operate this because under, you know, the state legislation 
11B Article A says that a moped does not require a Class C driver's license to operate on a state highway, which a Class C driver's license is a motorcycle license, and I did not have one. But then he went further and said, well, what's the first word in the definition of moped on your little piece of paper there? I said motor vehicle, and he said, well, what is required to operate a motor vehicle in the state of West Virginia? I said, driver's license. (laughs) Got me. So put your hands behind your back, and uh, then he found my drone and found my dope, and I went to jail that day, and finally that's when I asked for help to get into treatment for the first time. But I'm so smart, um, you know, don't fuck with the states, they actually know the law, the cities and counties, not so much. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was the end of 2020 for me, I, I finished the year out with 13 felonies, basically looking at a sentence from 13 years to 130 years, if I, I fucked up, so, fun year. Well, so they, they dropped, they, they were getting ready to finally drop the hammer on your ass then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, that makes that makes sense because I was because I was that's that's an awesome story too, dude. Like like you're, you're flying a drone, so I I am no longer fucking double O agent Creerin, dude. It's Brandon bro, with this fucking goddamn secret spy drone bullshit, dude. That's fucking awesome. Um, the coolest but, part was the comments on the newspaper article. Uh, <laughs> Guy was like, this is the same guy that robbed so-and-so. And like, well, he thought Amazon can do it. Why can't he? And they're like, this dude's my fucking hero. And I'm like, yeah. I'm oh, dude, just cool. that sweet ego stroke, right? Be yeah. like, hey, I'm in the papers, dude. I'm like, I'm like fucking Al Capone, bro. No one can stop me. Fuck that. Um, catch me if you can. Leonardo DiCaprio. Good luck. That's right, dude. <laughs> that's right. That's fucking funny. So, so it sounds like prison time on the table was was bottom yeah yeah i can do uh short stints but 13 years is a long time um yeah yeah so you so then you go to jacob's ladder correct uh well i went to a 28 day program first oh that's right and then an oxford house uh relapsed and basically brought the whole house down that they closed it and then they made me sit in jail for 90 days because I was on home confinement and still doing whatever the fuck I want because I kept a ledger of where I went, who I went, and always had a justification to it. So if they asked me, I could make sure my geocode address matched, you know, I would know when they were asking me where I was supposed to be. But mm-hmm. uh, they made me sit in jail for 90 days there and finally made it to the ladder. And that was on uh, May 7th, 2021. Do you do you have a moment besides meeting the greatest man you've ever met in your life in Jacob's Ladder where stuff started to click for you? Were you were you into it as soon as you got there? Did it take a little while or how did that process work for you? But I had been in question. jail for 90 days, so yeah. I was ready to dive full fucking force like I didn't want to go to prison. Uh jail sucks, prison I hear is worse. I could get along, but I don't want to go there at all. But, uh, no, my first, like, month and a half there, Randall Brown just kept asking me. He's like, I think you'll just heal to stay out of jail. I'm like, well, that's up there. You know what I mean? Like, it's definitely a, a motivating factor. But I wanted something different, man. Like, I didn't think I would ever be able to not use and be me. Like, the unfiltered, uncensored me that I am today. 
Dude, I gotta, I gotta say, you guys are fucking hilarious with Randall Brown, bro. Um, <clears throat> because, because even, even Brandon changes his voice to try to imitate him, dude. Oh, I, yeah. I, I have, <laughs> I have to, I have to get Randall Brown. We have to get Randall Brown on this podcast. We will. Because, uh, because, dude, you guys both do it. Like, and I, 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 I'm so intrigued to hear this man talk. I mean, would you say so, that he was the most impactful person in that program for you? Oh yeah, well? yeah, yeah. He, he helped take all of my excuses and justifications away and made me look at my actual behaviors through his ABA course, which is addictive behavior awareness that if uh, you truly and honestly participate in it, it'll piss you off and send you to bed a couple times in that program. So is Randall a counselor? He is the longest standing recovery coach in the state of West Virginia. Okay, so and when okay, he was I in thought prison, he was. He came up with ABA. Oh, dude, I thought he was just a guy from the rooms, bro. Okay, oh, no, 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 he worked there, and and I here's what I always say about Randall: if you don't like Randall Brown, you don't like the truth, right? You're not gonna like him at first because he's gonna fucking tell you. That ain't why you did that. You did that because you a selfish motherfucker and all you cared about was getting high. And you're like, God damn. And, you know, when you're you're first getting clean, you're like, fuck you, motherfucker. That's not why. I love my family. You don't know me. Oh, dude, I'm from California, bro. You don't fucking know me. Right. Uh, And then after a little while, you're like, yeah, you right. Damn, you right. You right. <laughs> you right. right. Exactly. And it's dude. fucked up because I would never rob you guys, but you know I would steal the fuck from my family or Walmart, and uh, you know that really fucked up sense of uh, loyalty and don't quit on my team because my family has to forgive me because they love me. I would never rob my dope addict friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? This episode of the Rude Dude Pod is brought to you by our good friends over at Fair Oaks Arborist. Do you have a tree leaning a little too far or maybe a little too close to your house? Worry no more. Our friends over at Fair Oaks Arborist have you covered. They cover all aspects of hazard tree removal from directional felling to technical rigging and more. They do it all. Trimming or pruning issues? You guessed it, they cover that too. Whether it's to make that eyesore of a tree more aesthetically pleasing or simply keep encroaching branches off your house, the Fair Oaks Arborist has you covered. They also use spikeless climbing techniques to provide the best service and avoid damaging your trees. Unsure if a tree should be removed? Give Fair Oaks Arborist a call for an assessment. They are tree risk assessment and ISA certified and of course, licensed and insured. The owner Scott is a great friend of ours and he's a stand-up guy who will give you an honest quote and deliver exceptional service. Give Fair Oaks Arborist a call for any and all tree-related needs you may have at 916-259-5408. That's 916-259-5408. Or reach out at www.fairoaksarborist.com. We'd like to thank Scott Shaw from the bottom of our hearts for his support of the Rude Dude Pod. And now, back to the show. Um, dude, dude go it, ahead, so, Cam. sorry, man. Like, so dude, Randall Brown, that sounds like, dude, that's the guy, those are the guys we need in this, yes. in this field. Right. <clears throat> um, yeah. because like, dude, that, that straight honesty is so hard to take in the beginning, bro. But, but dude, that's where all the growth comes from. Right. Yeah, like, absolutely. like, like, bro, like my sponsor called me on all my shit. 
um, and like just looking me straight in the eyes, like like and like not wavering from it. And I was just like, dude, like like what the fuck are you talking about? That's not what I was doing. And then like you know, a month goes by and you're sober and you're like, dude, this fucking asshole was right about everything. And it kind of yeah. goes back to what I said earlier, right? It's like it's because he already did it. You know what I mean? Like, like he he know he knows my shit. Like, still to this day, when people oh, try to bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah, dude. Like, I've talked to you about this, Henry, before. Like, yeah. like <laughs> people people try to like lie to me about shit, and like I'll I'll say this to Henry all the time. Be like, dude, I'm an ex professional liar. <laughs> like, like, we like, like, fucking book on like, 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 bro, like, like, I'm already 12 steps ahead of you in your little fucking bullshit lie. Like, you're not going to fucking fool me, dude. Right. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, 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 it's already been checkmated like 16 times. The game's been over. Um, and, and, and that's kind of what people like Randall and like my sponsor and the people who really tell it to you straight kind of do for you, dude. And I, I love those fucking people these days, dude. Like when people call me on my shit and they do it out of like love, like that's the greatest thing in the world, dude. I, I love that shit. Yeah. We talk about that a lot and, and we talk about, um, we do talk about that a lot, the tough love, because that's what we need. Like, People being our friends and making up excuses for us never fucking helped us. Enablers don't help us. People who say, hey, listen, dickhead, this is what you're doing, and this is why it ain't working. Those are the people that help us, and that's where the growth comes from. That's why I love you, because when I do some dumb shit or I'm getting ready to go on a first date, you're like, be yourself, but don't fucking be yourself. Like, (laughs) slowly, slowly (laughs) step into that. But I'm like, Henry fuck will. it. Hey, I'm an addict. I'm in the newspaper. Uh, I'm a drug dealer. I probably robbed grandma. And you can either take it or leave it. I don't really fucking care. Um, but yeah, that's why I love you and Randall and everyone that I got in my support group for calling me on my shit. Yeah, dude. Henry Henry's notorious for, for, for telling you how it is. Um, he's been that way. He's been that way forever. So you, you got a good, you got a good friend out there, bro. I'm glad that you guys hooked up, dude. Cause, cause Henry will, Henry will tell it to you straight. He will. Yeah. No uh, cut card. I love it. Yeah. And it's funny cause some people, the, the way Brandon is, <laughs> it's funny. I feel bad saying it, but some people don't like him. They, they don't like, you know, that, that he's like kind of blunt and a little bit egotistical and whatever. And People will like bring that up to me, and I'm like, "Yeah, I know," but I tell them about it. So I like, I'm I'm able to be people's friend because I will call you on your bullshit. I'll be like, "Hey, you're being a dickhead, or you're being egotistical, or whatever," and and I just tell them. And like he said, you know, he appreciates me for that because I know who the person that he is inside. I like Brandon because you get what you get, and he is who he is, and he's consistent. You don't get any bullshit. You don't get any like doing saying the one thing to your face and doing a different thing behind your back you get straight what you get and so knowing the person that he is inside i can deal with whatever comes along with it and if i and if i think he's out of line i'm gonna fucking tell him about it it's beauty dude yeah it's beauty it's what i need um and like you said consistency and not only am i kind of like blunt but i have a awesome ability like i said earlier to make people uncomfortable like i know what pokes at you and uh, I'm not going to kill you with a thousand little paper cuts, but if I see blood, I'm kind of like, hey, you're full of shit. You're lying. Um, you should really check yourself on that. And uh, I don't know. I like to put people on the spot. I love it. Um, and a lot of people hate me for that because uh, I embarrass them through 
humor, sarcasm, and uh, I don't know. I miss a dick sometimes, plain and simple. Yeah, <laughs> dude. That's there's a there's a happy balance to that, and and sometimes I've 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 come across that too, where like I'll say some some kind of snarky sarcastic thing and i and my intentions are well right but then people kind of look at you and be like well why the fuck did you just say that be like well yeah i, I, I found I, it I, hilarious i'm sorry yeah you yeah, did. yeah be like, be like it, it, it's the truth right like like am i am i fucking wrong like right. you know what i mean <laughs> uh, all right well talk to us a little bit about the solution and, and where you're at today uh well my solution was to take suggestions and actually do them ask for help find people that are you know on this same journey of trying to figure out who the fuck they are and kind of hold on to them and build a new support group and talk about my feelings instead of just sweeping it under the rug and trying to avoid it every time I walk into a room um you know it's really been helpful working in recovery I had to when I got out of treatment like I didn't want to go back home I didn't want to go back to my career because I didn't need that money I didn't need that freedom and temptation so uh, as Henry would say I became the cheapest whore in Morgantown with my abilities at the jobs that I've had and uh, being underpaid for my abilities which I'm okay with that Um, I owe the IRS about $140,000 so I don't need to make that much money right now but uh, no, working in recovery, uh, I get a constant reminder daily of what's waiting for me. And I, if I can just help one person out of the fire that I've made it through or see myself in one of these clients and give them a little bit of hope, uh, that's what it's all about. Because nothing pisses me off more when a client looks at me and like, I actually don't weigh 145 pounds and look like I just raised from the fucking dead anymore. And they're like, you just don't get it. I'm like, listen, bud, like I didn't get a detox in a medical facility with fucking, you know, uh, a doctor's staff. I did that in jail after a two month long. Yeah, man. After a a two month fucking bender and quarantine with three other people in a cell getting really fucking close while I'm taking a shit uh, every 15 seconds. And them being cool with that because they got it like i do get it trust me and then i'll show them the newspaper articles and they're like god damn like you're not a square i'm like quit if you want to know more sit down and ask don't just judge me because i'm wearing normal clothes now and look like a, a fucking person who hasn't told me everything you're trying to sell me right now because as you said earlier i wrote the fucking book on this um the lying, manipulation, thinking of every possible conversation piece we could have and how I can twist that to suit my needs and what my intention is for the day. Yeah, yeah. It's, <clears throat> and I think, dude, that this actually highlights a really good point, dude. Because um, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I've had a little bit of substance abuse um, treatment facility experience. I think, dude, people like you working in substance abuse is the most yes. important piece uh, of all, I was gonna uh, say the same shit, dude. Uh, um, because because, dude, like you guys know, have you guys have you guys come across a counselor that 
just learned in school from a fucking book. From no, a I book. Laugh I want to hear them. that shit. Yeah, yeah, dude, dude. The validity of those people goes right out the window, right? Like it literally does. Like you just and, well, and I feel. Doctor John Kazakhstan says in his uh, <laughs> book on his study on no motherfucker. I did my study. Do you yeah, really dude. eat that much and get the munchies when you smoke the marijuana? <laughs> yeah, dude. And you and you can you can you can point them out like right away, right? And yeah. and. And dude, it, it literally comes back to what you just said, Brandon. Like, right? Like, people sit there and be like, "Well, you don't fucking know what the fuck you're talking about." Be like, "Well, listen here, pal. You don't know who the fuck you're talking to." Right. And and then you share those stories, and it goes back to the empathy thing. And like we talked about earlier, um, then all of a sudden it goes, "Oh, hey, look, this guy does know." And and then, dude, everything you say has a little bit more weight to it. And then you're that shining example of, hey, dude, there is another side. Look at Brandon, bro. He was fucking flying drones like a loon, and 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 and, and doing all this crazy shit. And, and 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 he's living his best life. So, dude, that's the most important piece to me, dude. I I like I'm all for people following their passion and wanting to be an addiction counselor of some sort or whatnot. But, dude, I think it should be completely relegated to people who have gone through recovery themselves. And that's just my yeah. hot take on it. No, I agree. If you've got the experience in it and you found a way through it, I mean, that's how you share it. You only keep what you have by giving it away. It was given freely to me, and it's what I try to do for them. I always tell them, I'm like, I will call these facilities and your attorney or the prosecutor like I used to call my dope man every 15 seconds until they answer the phone and give me what I fucking need to hear. Um, and that's how I go into you know my role at, the, at Lauren's Wish. I... I bothered the fuck out of him to where I had an attorney. He goes, I don't know who the fuck you think you are. And I was like, didn't you get the memo? I'm Brandon fucking wise. My client <laughs> needs you to do this. And uh, I don't know. It's it's pretty cool. It's it's a humbling experience. And it's also awesome being on this side of the law instead of being the one sitting in jail waiting to hear something. Yeah, man. And I one of the things that you mentioned it, it's like a perfect example of our friendship and the thing we were talking about, how you said, I call you the cheapest whore in Morgantown. I think you coined that specific term, but yeah, basically I was talking shit about you not getting paid enough. And it's an example of what all three of us were talking about, about being honest with your friends and calling them out. And on the surface, it seems mean, right? Like, why are you being mean to your friend? But what's underneath is that I want my friend to get paid what they're worth. Um, and, and that's the kind of relationship we have. Like I might talk shit and it might sound a little rough, but the, the, the purpose behind it is, is that I care and that I, I want the best for you, you know? And, um, the thing I love about, uh, my relationship with Brandon is, you know, we take that, we bounce things off each other. Like we've talked about a lot here. And when, when we have something we're not sure about, we, we ask each other, Hey, what's your opinion on this? And my friend Sam was over last night. We were talking about going to meetings and stuff, and it had me thinking about it. And, you know, one of my meetings is this right here. When you and I do this, Cameron, this is this is my therapy. This is my medicine. Um, and another one of my meetings is on Fridays after work, me and Brandon go to the gym. And I have this side job that I have to do this weekend. And I was I told Kristen, I was like, I'm going to do it Sunday. She's like, what about Friday nights? And I was like, no, I don't do side work Friday nights. Friday nights, me and Brandon go to the gym. Yep. That's my sacred time. We we I pick him up. We talk in the truck. 
Sometimes we talk the whole time we lift. Sometimes we listen to music or, or both. But no matter what it is exactly or how we're doing it, that is fucking church. And if either of us has something that we need to talk about to get off our chest, it will be addressed in that time. And like, and that's why I make it like a priority. And I give myself that, no, I'm not going to do side work. I'm not going to do some other bullshit. Like, I have to go to church with my buddy Brandon. I need it. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, I've not had friends that aren't uh, transactional or conditional based, so it's been really nice to have that. Um, plus, I can freely say the crazy shit that I say to Henry without judgment. He's just like, dude, you're fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> or, or I'm like, yeah, buddy, I get it. Don't fucking tell anybody else that shit, but yeah, I get it. Exactly, dude. And we need people like that in our corner, dude. We, we we need that shit, dude, and 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 that's that's super true, dude. We've talked about this too, where like you know the podcast feels that way. Like I I'd be willing to bet, like, hey, Brandon, sitting here bullshitting with us probably feels pretty good, right? Yeah, I yeah. Enjoy see, it. yeah, it's, it's, it's I can it's talk fun. about me all day long. <laughs> yeah, Henry warned me about that, bro. He said so. We might have to tell you to shut the fuck up, but I I haven't yeah. seen it yet. So, um, oh, so I'm learning discipline and composure. Yeah. I'm just fucking with you, man. Getting better. Um, well, tell us a little bit more about uh, Lauren's Wish and, and what you do there. And, and uh, you know, maybe we can get some, we'll obviously have the link in the bio. We'll get some more people involved, get some more donations. And, and then, you know, we'll kind of wrap this thing up. Um, so I was approached by the angel Stephanie Blankenship mm. after I quit my job at this other company where I was building Morgan. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was building control panels for a group that uh can't, they're they're now bankrupt because I left pretty much. I was that important, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> well, they're bankrupt because the owner's a fucking dickhead. An idiot doesn't know how to run a business, fucked up a wet dream. Anyway. But they uh reached out to me and they were like, hey, you know, would you be interested in working up there? I think you could help people. And I said yeah and I went and met my boss, or future boss at that time. His name is Lynn Murray, or we call him Coach. Coach. He used to play WVU football. He was kind of a big thing back in like the 70s or whenever he played. But um, I walked in, and he was also my softball coach and saw that I didn't have quit in me, and I hustled a lot. So I started taking my peer recovery classes, got that. And then started working at Lauren's Wish as just a recovery coach. And I don't know how to do anything half-assed. So I started utilizing my skills from my appraisal work and putting together reports and organizing and tracking and data collection and then reporting together for him. And kind of built my own position at Lauren's Wish to where coach was like, oh yeah, that's good. Um... And we had a couple grant opportunities open up, and I'm really good at putting together reports, so I applied for a couple. Uh, one was a congressional direct spending budget, which I'm happily to say that they did put us in the bill. Like, I wrote something that went into a fucking bill Damn. that they still have to vote on, but that's pretty cool. Moped Drone Man. Wrote stuff that's in a bill. How's that for your fucking hope shot? Right there, you go, dude. That dude, we could we could shut it down, dude. Let's go home, bro. Like it, it's much. over. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got that call, and you know I'm pretty good at uh, 
justify it. And sometimes my job with writing grants feels like manipulation, but I'm just reporting facts, selling an idea, <laughs> asking for money with some justification and showing a, a, a uh, priority of need. At least which, you're asking now. Yeah, I'm not just taking <laughs> it or borrowing <laughs> without informing. Um, <laughs> borrowing without informing. <laughs> I was going to give it back. Yeah, here's the deposit oh, slip. Dude, dude, that's the greatest thing I've heard in a long time. Yeah. Borrowing without informing. I'm taking yeah, that one man. with me, bro, forever. It, it was free. fucking fantastic. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so um, they asked me what I wanted my title to be, and it wasn't allowed to be assistant Chiefest director or that. So I, I chose operations manager because I worked with the clients, uh, me and uh, West and Paige and a couple of the beginners or the first crew through there. I uh, started doing an overhaul on the system that we used for data collection and it was all based upon like the information I was going to need for grant writing. And uh, it's just continued to evolve to, you know, uh, we held a outreach event yesterday called Pathways to Recovery. And it was pretty cool. Then the news showed up and they were like, hey, can we interview you? And I'm like, yeah. And the week before that, I'm at the WVU football stadium doing a thing with the uh, Center for Community Engagement. And when this partnership with them started, I basically said, I'm going to get on the fucking Jumbotron at the stadium one day. I'm going to fucking do that. And when we showed up to this interview, they took us up into the press box and I saw the woman that was getting ready to interview me on the Jumbotron. And I was like, I fucking manifested this shit. Like, it's happening. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's just continuing to get better. And... I do my best to not be a dick at work, but you know, there's times when I'm allowed to hold group that I do on ABA, which Randall Brown is my inspiration for that, and he trained me to do it. I have sent some of my clients to bed with their feelings hurt because we're talking mm -hmm. about ego, and I'll deflate that because I have the same fucking problem. And no, I love it. It's it's a very good place for me right now it's safe and it's uh it's more fulfilling in a different way than doing my previous job i'm helping people on a different level i used to help you buy your house now i'm helping you fucking you know just live and stay alive and to give you a little bit of uh hope well, dude, and experience dude you're uh you used to help people buy a house dude but now you're getting them to the point where hopefully one day they can go and buy a house right right like so um I, I think that's awesome, bro. Um, I, I, um, I respect the shit out of you, man. And I, I, I know the feeling that you have when you do that, right? Like it feels different. It's, it's, it's fulfilling. Um, <clears throat> so I just want to shout you out and just say, dude, uh, keep fighting the good fight, dude. Um, you know, you're, you're a shining example. I don't know you from, from fucking Adam. We've had a conversation on, in, on Facebook for five seconds and, and this is the extent <laughs> of me and you talking. Um, but Henry seems to take a liking to you and I, I have taken a liking to you by sitting here and having this conversation with you. So I appreciate all your transparency, bro. Um, and what you're doing is very important and, um, it gives hope to to the others bro and that's and that's what we need especially in this day and age right so um hats off to you brother from over here in sacramento county i'm sitting here in my underwear dude so i i, I appreciate <laughs> me you. too 
<laughs> I wasn't before, but I am now fully naked. There we go, the dude. Podcast went on. Uh, won't get into that story. No, but I just want to say too for for like normies and stuff, or everyone. Uh, this is what the fuck we do, right? This is what the fuck this is all about. Um, and I heard a woman say this uh, in her lead at convention, and it's been one of my favorite things. She said. We don't get pulled out of the fire to get out and walk away. We get pulled out of the fire to turn around and pull somebody else out of the fire. And we do it however we do it, right? So Brandon works in recovery. It's his job, and he is paid to help people. And you and I do it this way, you know. And and we, when we have people reach out and tell us that our podcast has helped us, we, you know, we've talked about it before. We text back and forth like giggly little schoolgirls. We're so fucking happy. Um, we're so happy that we have a platform where we can talk about places like Lauren's Wish. Uh, we're going to talk about a place that your um, coworker has coming up here soon. Um, and and but this is what we do. This is what this program does. We give away w- what was freely given to us, um, and we and we can only keep what we have by giving it away. So someone sat down. Randall Brown sat down. Our sponsors and someone at a meeting said, "Hey." Quit being a dumb fuck and here's what you got to do. And now it's our job and our our duty to do that for other people. Um, And I talk about this all the time, man. People judge addicts. If if you knew Brandon for what he's done, you would think that, you know, you would judge him and probably think he's a piece of shit or whatever else. But look at what Brandon's doing today. And I have a lot of friends like that, man. I have friends who are therapists. I have friends who are nurses and doctors that, that used to shoot drugs in their arm with fucking puddle water um, and steal and lie and cheat and all that. And people can change, man. It, it doesn't always happen, but people can change. And there's fucking three of us right here who, if you would have known any of us six years ago, you would have probably thought we were total pieces of shit. And now... We are, you know, upstanding, tax-paying members of society who not only are doing our part as regular humans, but trying to do a little more and pull people out of the fire that we were once in. And, uh, man, I just don't think there's anything fucking cooler than that. Dude, that's a great, that's a great point, Henry. And you said it perfectly, right? Because that, that's it, man. That's it. We're, it's the one small thing that we can do, right? From this, from this gift that, that was given to us, right? Because the reality of the situation is, is, you know, people could sit down with Randall Brown and a sponsor and get told all kinds of things they don't want to hear. And they may never get it, Right. They may never get it. Some people take this shit to the bitter end, right? I'm, I've had, I've talked about it before. I've had family members die. I've had, we've had friends. You've had friends. Yada 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 yada. yada. Brandon, his brother, you know. There, there's prime examples of of people who don't get it. So so when people like us get it, I I have I have, and I'm I'm so glad that I'm sitting here talking with two other people who share this common um, way of thinking. Um, it's our fucking duty, dude, to try to to try to. To, to, to get it out to somebody else, right? Like, come on, man, come with. You know what I mean? Like, like hop on our backs. And if each of us, <laughs> if each of us have only saved one life, that would be enough. That's, That's all that matters. Three lives. That's all that it matters. Well, and then those people sell one life. I mean, it becomes exponential growth after a while. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful, dude. It's beautiful. Well, do you have anything else you want to say, Brandon, before we wrap up? Because we're going to do uh, a couple shout-outs, and then we're gonna, I'm going to do my, my fun spiel. Yeah, so we started off the conversation with how 
I was kind of uh, not loyal to my family and would steal from them and break their trust all the time. And just so happens, what was it, last week, Henry, we were at my dad's house swimming. And um, for like the past two years, well, growing up, I was always lied out on the boat whenever I wanted to or the wave runner. And since my dad's up on the lake now, I've been wanting to go out on the boat and was like, hey, you know, joking around, how do I charter the boat through my little brother so I can go out on it? And my dad's wife, who we used to not get along, was like, you can take the boat out whenever you want. And Henry's in the background like, wait a second, Michelle, say that again, please. And let me record it. And I was (laughs) like, here we go. And uh, the conversation kind of like went a different direction. But then my dad called me that night. And if you're anything like me, when my dad calls me at 1030, it used to be either something bad, but that night it was something good to where he said, I talked to Michelle and, you know, you've been doing really good. And sometimes I do find it hard to let go of all the pain that you caused and the nights you kept me up and what you've done. But I'm really proud of you. And I don't get tear jerkers very often yeah i know right and i was like i gotta go like thank you so much um and i got real fucking quiet and you know said thank you and then he was like but you can you know just let me know if you want to come out and take the pontoon up like you've been doing really good uh and i'm proud of you and like that shit i don't tear up very often but that's a beautiful thing about my journey is like i tell my dad i love him now and i hug him and when he tells me he's proud of me like, I don't know, man, like it fucking melted me. I, I teared up and I don't cry very often, but it was a very beautiful thing. And, uh, yeah, gifts of recovery, man. The blessings, man. And, and we talked about it, um, two episodes back, something about those dad compliments, right? Like the, I'm, I'm yeah. proud of you, son. Like, 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 bro, like that just, that just hits you a different way. And I'm so glad that the motherfuckers who put us here because they wouldn't give us a compliment their whole fucking life. <laughs> like, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Some resentments just sneaking out, but yeah, dude. The uh... you know, I'm I'm glad. I'm really glad you brought that story up too, because that's a really beautiful thing. And I know most of your story, but as you sat here and told me this, I was thinking to myself. Oh, this is why Brandon's dad never wants to let him take out the boat and doesn't trust him and all that. Like he did him fucking dirty. Well, or I sunk a two thousand or a nineteen ninety eight Dodge Dakota that I had for six days in a pond because I ate a mount ounce of mushrooms and then just said I took a wrong turn. Dude, we're gonna have to have you back on for like a war stories episode, bro. Like yeah, like like, like, like for real, dude. So this might I, I'm gonna put it on the podcast right now. I think this won't this won't be the last time you're on here, dude, because it sounds I I think you have a lot more to offer at least with war stories bro bunch bunch of uh i I told my little cousins at a funeral for my uncle a while back they asked me what i did and i said i write books and they said really what's your books about and i said shit not to fucking do (laughs) and uh they just ate it up and i fucked with them the entire time I hate to say that a funeral was fun, but it was enjoyable seeing my family. Hey, man, I want I want everybody to be happy at mine. So, hey, at least you were bringing some laughter, right? right. And you got anything else? You want to hit the shout-outs real quick, bro? Well, yeah, I just want to thank you, Brandon, for coming on. We appreciate it. And uh, I think there's a lot of good stuff in Tons here. Of good stuff. Um, thank okay. you guys for yeah, having thanks, me. Thanks, Brandon. And I... 
I do want to shout out uh, Josiah. Shout out Josiah. Our buddy who has reached out to me on Instagram and is telling me about his process in recovery um, and how our podcast has been helping him. Um, he loves to sit and listen and laugh with us and makes him feel like he's not alone. And dude... That shit just fucking warms my heart, man. And I send it to you, like we said, we get the little schoolgirl text back and forth, all caps. This is that fucking shit I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but seriously, and he was like, man, I'm so glad that you responded. That's so cool you responded. And I'm like, dude, real shit. We're telling you to message us because we want to talk to you. We're not saying it to sound cool on the podcast, like reach out and and he's like told me the other day like yeah i got a sponsor i went to a meeting and i'm like fuck yeah dude that's badass that's that shit and he also gave me a cool ass acronym which is pride spells out um or pride is the reason i'll die early yeah and i know you love that one yeah Cam. dude that's super good dude and 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 the thing that some of the things that he said were, were just super cool right like he's like um you know he feels like he's on this recovery journey with us, right? Like, that's so fucking yeah. sick, dude. Like, that's so cool. And, yeah, he's taking service positions as a greeter. Like, Josiah, keep it up, bro. We're You got fans and friends in us, dude. Um, and and, and, right. and even even Brandon, dude. And, and um, you just keep taking it one day at a time, bro. And reach out to us anytime, dude. So um, we're, we're cheering you on, bro. And, and, and th- this oh, is yeah. the way, dog. So just keep it up. And I do want to say, because I pointed out this is what the fuck we do, is we, we help people. You don't have to have a podcast, nor do you have to work in recovery. Give somebody a ride to a meeting. Lend somebody a fucking ear. All right. That's all you have to do. You don't have to, you know, like I said, have a podcast or work in recovery. Like, taking somebody to coffee is is doing your duty as an addict, is, is passing along the message. Listening to someone, showing empathy and... Sharing your experience with them is is enough. That's all you have to do. It doesn't have to be some grand extravagant thing. Um, giving people and rides early recovery rides, even if you're taking them to down to get their licenses back, <laughs> or 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 you know, being an asshole and saying that's a stupid fucking idea. <laughs> yeah, anything that we do to help a new addict in recovery is is the point of our program. That's know? it, dude. That's it. Um, Anybody else you want to shout out? Do you want to shout out um, the old Deb? Oh, yeah. my So my mom has been listening a lot. She's been commenting and she's been sending me texts. And I feel like I don't give her enough love on here. She's been a huge supporter of mine. Um, obviously, couldn't, wouldn't be here without her. Um, you know, and if it wasn't for my mom and my dad never giving up on me, um, you know, I would probably, I would be living under a bridge right now. No Those bullshit. Facts, um, the only thing that's kept me, uh, you know, out of basically homelessness is parents that never gave up on me. And, and my mom, you know, when I was really down and having a tough time, I could always count on her for a, everything's going to be all right, bud. We're going to figure it out and we're going to get through it. Um, and I kind of thought she, like, wasn't really listening for a little bit. And then she, like, texts me about these episodes. She loved the Blessings episode. And she always sends me a nice little message. So, 
Mama, thank you for listening, and I love you a lot. Thank you so much for your support. Yeah, thanks, Deb. You, you you kick ass, and we appreciate you commenting on the Spotify episodes. I get to publish them, so you're 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 on there now. So under- oh, and she she mentioned that she shared it with her cousin, um, who's uh, one of us, and he's been loving it and enjoying it, and. Um, so I, you know, shout out to him. I don't know if he wants to share his name or not, but uh, he knows who he is. So we appreciate your support, and we're glad that maybe we could help you out a little Dad bit. Dad putting in the, the legwork. I love it. Well, all right, man. I will give us our spiel. Um, give us a follow on Spotify. Five stars would be fantastic. Um, a like and a share is probably the coolest thing you could ever do. Um, we are on Apple, Amazon, and Samsung Music. The same rules apply. A like, a share, a follow, five stars. Um, Henry's Tattoo Man um, gave us a cool little comment on, on Apple. Someone gave us one star, and, and you're lucky that I'm in recovery Fuck because I will come and I will find you, dude. Like, like what is going on? Who gave us one star? Um we might be three stars, but we're certainly we're not certainly one. We're certainly not one, dude. I, I like was channeling my inner Jay and Silent Bob where they like they get all the money at the end and then they look and they like I'm gonna spend <laughs> all my, my, my magical podcast money to come and find you and kick your fucking ass. Um We'll shove it down your throat and make you shit it out, and then you will eat the shit that you shit it out. Anyways, follow us on Instagram. Shout out Tattoo Man, though, by the way. Sutton, that's what we call you, Tattoo Man, just because we're fucking weird and we like to say funny stuff. So, But he's been a big supporter. He's been sharing the page. He's he's listened to the podcast. He's listened on different um, different streaming services. apps or whatever to streaming services to boost our... Um, Boost our spins and all that. So shout out to you, Sutton, and for my sick ass new giraffe tattoo. Guy does good work. Um, appreciate the support, my man. Yeah, self care tattoo in uh, Uniontown. He is the fucking man for traditional tattoos. Um, so check it out. And we'll have more about that later. But thanks for listening, Sutton. We love the traditional you, buddy. tattoos are the only way to go. By the way. Um, anyways, um, now I'm all mixed up. Instagram, Instagram. Okay. all one word, all lowercase. Um, the Belgian did not listen this week. What? The Belgian did not listen. Do you think the Belgian will ever contact us, Brandon? Who's the Belgian? Oh, he doesn't listen. Ah. <laughs> Tell me you don't listen to my podcast without God telling me. I've only listened to a couple of them. I told you that, he's, but I always share a, and I always like. That's right. He's not a podcast man, and he shares the fuck that's out of true. our shit, and he gave us the huge Lauren's wish. So he supports. You don't, you know, he supports. All right, well, um, um, the fact that you don't listen to this podcast, I'm not even sending this shit to Michael to edit, bro. This isn't even getting on the airwaves. Yeah, so we got to record a new episode now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Um, but, Brandon? I'll listen to this one just so I can hear myself talk because I hate the way my voice sounds. You that's will. a universal thing, bro. You'll get used to it. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, Brandon, thanks again. Um, thank you to all our listeners. And um, it was a great, it was a great, great episode, man. Um, made my day. It was a good start to the day, dude. Um, and I, I appreciate you. Keep fighting the good fight, bro. Henry, you want to say anything before we close? Thank you. Um, no, no, I think we think we no. nailed it, All right. brother. All right, there, brother. Go get your licenses. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, get them. <laughs> you are gonna get them. All right, dude. Um, I'll finish this like I always do. Um, I love you, Hen, and uh, I'll throw a mix in here. I, I love you. I love you too, Brandon. Love you, Cam. I look forward to meeting you one day if I ever cross the Mississippi. You will. <laughs>
<laughs> Once he gets those licenses, he'll drive right on over. <laughs> I love you too, Cam. And remember, be yourself and fuck what they think. <laughs> Later, dudes. Later. One of them see with the music, I'm here, Eagle. One of them, I beat them, boy, I'll